What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, and the list goes on. I would then sit with your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity eternity here's my disclaimer i'm not perfect therefore the advice i give to you the responses i share with you might not be good for you if that's the case please reject whatever it is that i say that does not help you to grow in your relationship with god but if my advice is helpful though difficult then i really want to encourage you to lean into jesus christ in prayer before the blessed sacrament with the sacred scriptures and your time with the poorest of the poor of service with them um in your study the catechism so that god can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship if you are a first-time listener you can hit me up with your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash ask father josh spell it a-s-k-f-a-t-h-e-r-j-o-s-h you can also rate us and review us on itunes and spotify and google play and other podcast formats and share us on your social media pages this will help other people to find out about the podcast if it's been a gift for you potentially it can become a gift for other people as well. Also, I want to encourage you to check out uh, Ask Father Josh on Ascension Presents uh, YouTube channel. We now have the video show available. The first episode is out. We address the question, how can Catholics celebrate Halloween? That's right around the corner. So you might want to check out that video and share it with your loved ones. You can finally text Ask Father Josh to 33777 to subscribe and to be notified about other things happening with the Ask Father Josh on Ascension Presents YouTube show. On today's episode of Ask Father Josh, we're going to address two topics. We're going to address vocation confusion, and I'm going to spend a lot of time with that one. As a vocation director, I think it's a very important question, so I'm going to really dive deep into that one. And then we're also going to address the morning after pill. But before we get into those topics, I'm going to share with you a glory story. So, uh, yeah, glory story. I was, um, I was in adoration, uh, recently and I was praying with a different, I have a bunch of Bibles. So I got a bunch of Bibles. I got the Jeff Cavins, you know, Bible, it's not his Bible, but you know, it's the Bible, uh, in a year timeline, that Bible, the great adventure Bible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Ascension, I got the word on fire Bible. I got the Ignatius Catholic study Bible. I have a St. Benedict press Bible. I got the RSV. So I got a bunch of Bibles, new American, all of them love, love the Bibles, love the different translations, but I have like a favorite Bible. It's a lot smaller. I can carry it anywhere I go. I bring it whenever I travel and it's the Bible that I write in. So like whenever I have particular insights with the word of God, particular encounters with the voice of Jesus that really radically pierced my heart, I typically write in this particular Bible. And it's been a gift because over the years, whenever I'm in desolation, whenever I'm in spiritual dryness, whenever I cannot perceive what God is communicating to me, I go back to this Bible and I read the different dialogues I've had with God over the years. And it just is very consoling to do that. Well, recently I lost that Bible. And I've always feared losing that Bible because of all of the different conversations I've written down between he and I. 
in that particular um, Bible. And as I was before the presence of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament recently, I was okay. I was like, all right, Lord, like if I find that Bible again, cool. If I don't, like cool. You're you're sufficient. I don't have to have those memories of those encounters because there's always new memories and new encounters that I can begin to have with God for the rest of my life. And so it was just it was a very beautiful experience of detachment, detachment from um, that particular Bible that is is my favorite. It's just, it's the Bible I had with me when Mother Angelica died. I was at the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament, and I was one of the few people who was there uh, with her body as her body was out in the church for like the the few days after she passed. And I got to place my Bible on her hands. Uh, it was it was crazy. It was, I mean, she just died. I got there. It's Easter Sunday many years ago. And I go on there to do a silent retreat, get there. She passes away when I get there. So it wasn't so silent. All the media started coming there and all this hoopla. Well, anyways, I was able to spend a lot of time in the church. And at one point, like everybody left the church, but me, one of my friends and Mother Angelica's body. And of course, the Lord Jesus Christ was there and all the angels and saints. But it was so cool to be in the presence of this woman who has been used by God to to bring the gospel uh, all over the world. So I put this particular Bible on her hands. Uh, as she laid there uh, in the church, in the shrine. And anyways, yeah, so I lost it. But the freedom, the gift is that I I didn't like lose my mind. I didn't go crazy. I didn't get sad or mad or upset. I'm just like, whatever. Um, and that's just a beautiful place to be. I'm, I'm not saying I'm always going to be there. I'm, I'm sure I'll be grasping again in the future. I hope I don't. But uh, right now, I'm content. It is what it is. And so, um, yeah, I just never thought I'd respond this way to losing that particular Bible. But um, yeah, let me know. If you have any stories similar where you lost something or our different season of life came in, in, in your in your life where you're like, man, I thought that I would really need this and now I realize I don't need that. And it's cool. God is enough for me. I don't need God and anything or anyone else. It's just Jesus. So that's the glory story. Jesus is sufficient. And before we get into the show's questions, I got a feedback coming in from Noel. Noel says, hey, Father Josh, I listen to your podcast almost every night. I truly felt that God has led me to your podcast and speaks through you in your podcast. I feel such a deep understanding of my Catholic faith, and I can't wait for it to go deeper. Thank you, Father Josh. Well, Noel, thank you for tuning into the show, and I look forward to continuing to walk with you toward eternity. All right, let's get into our first question. First question comes in from Anonymous, and it's about vocation confusion. Hello, Father Josh. Peace be with you. Peace be with you and with your spirit. Uh, I've been dating this Catholic guy for nine months now, and he is going through some doubting periods regarding his vocation. He says to not feel 100% sure about marriage, although I guess he says he does not feel 100% sure about marriage, although every time he spends some more serious time in prayer retreats, spiritual direction, vocational direction, he leans more toward marriage. To me, it almost seems like God has showed him little signs that it is indeed marriage, that he would bless us marrying each other, but he seems to be waiting on some big sign of revelation that hasn't come yet. He almost applied to seminary, but felt a strong feeling that it wasn't what he was called to, but now and then he goes back to maybe joining would clarify that once for all. 
I don't know whether it is fear of commitment or if he's truly discerning or if it's just because it is not meant for us. We tried not talking to each other for a month and he just said that he missed me too much and was ready to commit to our relationship, but then just started having doubts again. I really don't know what to do next. Is there some way to help him uh, besides praying for him? Anonymous, that is a great question. First of all, I'm sorry that you're going through this roller coaster. Like you, you really don't deserve that uh, to be, to be it's like almost like a yo-yo, like you're going up and down, up and down. So just a few things about vocation, then about discernment, uh, and, and then hopefully it'll, it'll give him some clarity as well. So vocation, it comes from the Latin word vocare, which means to call. God calls, we respond to God's call. God's call, God's vocation for you and for your boyfriend is the same, is to become saints. That is your vocation. Your primary vocation is to be a saint, to abide in a relationship with Jesus Christ on earth and to remain in that relationship with Jesus Christ forever in the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. That's your vocation. Everything uh, in your life should be geared towards cultivating that relationship with Christ uh, so that you can follow him wherever he invites you to go. Where he invites you to go is ultimately going to be heaven. If you hold on to his hand, if you put your hand in his hand and walk with him, then you will be able to be a saint one day with all the other saints in the beatific vision. Now, some people who go to heaven, who get to heaven, who make it to heaven by the grace of God, uh, the means to that end is through a state of life vocation, marriage, priesthood, consecrated virginity, religious life. But not every saint entered into a state of life vocation. There are saints, canonized saints in heaven who are saints who never were ordained priests or professed religious sisters or brothers made vows, uh, who were never married. Like Dr. Giuseppe Muscati, he is a canonized saint who devoted his life to his particular calling, which was to be a holy man in the present moment and to be a doctor and serve the poor. Jacinta and Francesco, the visionaries of Fatima, are saints. They never got married. Uh, Chiara, uh, Pierre Giorgio Versati, there, there's so many people in heaven who did not become a priest or a religious sister or a monk or a friar um, or a consecrated virgin. Uh, and, and so I think it's important for us to recognize that we might get to heaven without ever entering into that means of a state of life vocation, right? State of life vocations are the normative path to getting to heaven, but not everyone's going to do that. So that's just a bit of a catechesis right there. Uh, the other vocations, the vocation of the present moment, right? To be holy, to be with God today. If I'm a student, to be a student today. If I'm uh, if I work in ministry, to work in ministry today, just to be present, to be in relationship with God in the present moment. God invites. God invites us to uh, to discern particular vocations. The natural vocation that everyone is called to, to be open to is marriage. That's something that is natural. Um, the supernatural vocation is priesthood and religious life and consecrated virginity. So every man who is a priest, every woman who is a nun, everybody who enters into a life vocation of religious life or priesthood, should have the natural draw to marriage, right? Because if I'm going to be a priest, that means I'm going to marry the church. I'm going to be a father. That's what you call me, Father Josh. Uh, to many spiritual children, I cannot marry the church and be a father to many spiritual children if on a natural level, I was not open to marrying a woman and being open to having kids of my own, whether biological or adopted. Likewise, the same rule applies for women. If you're not open to being married to a man, being someone's wife and being a mother to children, then you would not make a good nun because a nun is married to Jesus and she has many spiritual children. That is the supernatural builds upon the natural. All right. With that being said, God invites, God proposes, will you, would you like to? He never imposes, he never forces us. It is a very rare thing for God to come to us in a locution or an apparition. He did that with the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph. 
He did that with uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta and a few other notable saints. I think what happens is sometimes we read the lives of those particular saints, those unique saints who had a particular higher calling from God. And we recognize when Mother Teresa, like she audibly heard the voice of God in elocution. Therefore, that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the voice of God to appear to me in elocution. Or Mary, you know, saw an apparition of an angel. Or Joseph heard the voice of God through an angel while he was sleeping. Right. So we think we're supposed to see apparitions or hear elocutions in order to properly discern our vocation. But the reality is, is most of us aren't going to get that. Most of us are not going to have elocutions or apparitions where God says, like, you are the one that needs to do this. Um, I really need you. Most of us, God's saying, I want you to be a saint, but you're free to choose priesthood or marriage. Marriage or religious life. Marriage or consecrated virginity. And in some people, you're, you're called to be a saint, but you're not going to enter into a state life vocation at all. And that does not mean you're any less holy than someone who does enter into a state life vocation. So the operative word here with God is, is freedom. Yes, would God bless it if y'all got married? Yes, as long as you help him abide with Jesus and he helps you abide with Jesus, God will bless it. Unless you get an apparition from the Blessed Virgin Mary or you hear a locution of God telling you, I need you to like go be a sister and I need him to go be a priest, like then this is really going to be up to your discernment of like what brings us the most peace. Now, again, for him, if he keeps thinking about the priesthood, if it gives him delight to think about the priesthood, if going to seminary um, excites him, being around priest excites him, if people keep telling him he'll be a good priest, then, okay, s- certainly go give it a shot. But you can't discern the priesthood while he's still dating you. He has to make a clear decision. I cannot date you anymore and like string you along, and I'm going to go discern the priesthood. I'm going to go to seminary because every time I think about priesthood, I get, I get excited. Uh, whenever I pray about it, I feel peace. When I'm around seminarians and priests, I, I'm, I'm happy. Whenever I'm in seminary, I feel like it's home. If that's the case, then that might be an indication on a natural level of discernment that, yeah, you should give it a shot. But at the same time, he is still free to say, you know what, even with those feelings, like I also really feel like when I'm with you, you draw me to holiness. And so I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to make a choice to discern marriage with you. Like we are free to make a choice when, we, when it comes to God, like discernment. Uh, God's not going to force us to, to do anything. He's not going to say, you have to do this. Like that's the whole operative word of love. Love is a free choice to follow him. However we perceive, we'll be able to abide with him. The goal is to abide in relationship with Jesus. So if I can abide with Jesus in a dating relationship and help someone else get to heaven and that person can help me get to heaven, then I can be free to pursue that path. Even if I'm drawn and I'm excited about the priesthood, I'm still free to say, yeah, but I also, I, I want this. God will bless that. God says, which one do you want? They're both goods. It's not like you're discerning between a good and a bad. They're both really good. And so it's up to us to say, okay, God, like I believe that this is how I can abide in the deepest intimacy with you. For me, it was through the priesthood. I could have been a good husband. I could have been a good father. I met many girls along the way who I thought were like, just would be great wifey material and who could help me become a saint. But at the same time, I perceived that I would abide in the deepest intimacy with Jesus through the priesthood, through my proximity to the blessed sacrament, through my proximity to, to, to the sacrament, to the life of the church. Uh, this is how I perceive God tell me, like, this is the best way for me to be a saint. It's the easiest path for me to get to heaven. Um, and so, but for you and him, it might be marriage. So again, it's, you guys are free to, to walk with marriage. It's a holy vocation. It's not any, like, you're not going to be less of a saint if you choose the, the sacrament of marriage um, instead of religious life or, or priesthood. So I would encourage him to, to recognize that, that he's free. He's free. Um, he's free. Uh, unless, again, it's very rare that God will come to us through an apparitional locution. Uh, he does it for a few saints, and I think we, we just focus on those few saints so much that we forget that the, mo- the, the majority of us aren't going to have that experience. The goal is to try to fulfill the desires of Jesus' heart, which is to be with him. 
Now he prayed at John 17, Father, I desire to be with me where I'm going. He's in heaven. He wants us to be in heaven. And so if I believe that being married will help me to get to heaven, then then pursue marriage. If I believe that priesthood would, is, is the best path for me to serve the church, to help other people get to heaven, and also for me to abide, then, choose, then, then go there and find out. Again, a lot of guys that go to seminary think they're called to be a priest, and after seven years, they realize, you know what? Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go be a husband and father. Like They literally were in seminary for two, four, six years, and then at the last minute, make the decision that, you know what, God, I'm grateful for my years of formation, but I think that you're calling me to marriage. Going to the convent and going to the seminary does not mean you're going to be a priest or you're going to be a nun. Going to the friar does not mean you're going to be a friar. Going to the monastery does not mean you're going to be a monk. It means you're going to a place that is conducive to finding out. But a lot of guys go and find out that they're you know, not called. However, your boyfriend doesn't have to go, right? He doesn't have to go. If he feels peace with you, if he get if he's excited about the idea of marrying you and having kids with you and helping you become a saint, and uh, he's free to discern marriage with you and, and, and say, you know, I'm going to put the priest, I'm, I'm going to be grateful for the priesthood. And I'm going to pray for priest, but like, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to make a choice to pursue you. And that's what, that's what I'm going to do. I hope that was helpful. Let's go ahead and pray. There's a prayer I want to invite us to, uh, to recite together right now. And it's, uh, I think it was composed by Thomas Merton. He was, uh, he was a Trappist, I think. Or something, he's some kind of monk. My Lord, my God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, while I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost in the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are ever with me and you will never leave me to face my struggles alone. Amen. All right, when we get back from our break, we're going to dive into our final question about the morning after pill. I want to encourage you to stay tuned for that discussion. Wouldn't it be nice to have a Bible that actually explains how to navigate it and make sense of it? A Bible that includes a detailed plan for how to read it with a page layout that's designed for study and personal devotion? Now, for the first time ever, there is a Catholic Bible that does just that. A Bible that incorporates the same color-coded learning system that has proven so effective in the Great Adventure studies. I have had the privilege of working with some of the most talented biblical scholars of our day, Mary Healy, Andrew Swafford, and Peter Williamson, to create the Great Adventure Catholic Bible. This Bible makes the complex simple as it guides you through the narrative woven throughout salvation history. The translation is the Revised Standard Version, 2nd Catholic Edition, an elegant, accurate, and modern Catholic translation. The Great Adventure Catholic Bible is perfect for your personal devotion and Bible study, or as a gift for friends and family. If you want to understand sacred scripture and be transformed by the Word of God, then this is the Bible for you. Pick up your copy at ascensionpress.com. And we're back. Quick reminder, you can hit up with your own questions at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can rate us and review us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so that other people can find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially it could become a gift for them. Last question comes in also from Anonymous, and it's about the morning after pill. Father Josh, is the morning after pill considered to be abortion? Uh, and can I be forgiven for taking the morning after pill twice? 
At the time, I had moved away from God and I was in a relationship. Even though I had worries that I was committing a terrible sin, I was too afraid of pregnancy and of the demands placed on me, and I ended up taking it. Since then, my faith has strengthened so much, and I'm desperate to be forgiven and repent from this, but I'm afraid this is a sin I cannot be forgiven for. Thank you for your wonderful podcast, Anonymous. Uh, so, uh, first things first, uh, the morning after pill is an abortifacient, right? So, it could have resulted in an abortion. Every time you have sex uh, with a guy, you're not going to get pregnant, but you might get pregnant. And so, by taking the morning after pill, maybe you were pregnant and terminated that pregnancy. Um, maybe you weren't, though. But the bottom line is, is, you did it twice, and so all you have to do is go to confession once and confess that you took the morning after pill twice. God's mercy is abundant. His mercy is endless. God knows you. He knew everything about you. He knew what sins you would commit before you were even born. And he has been waiting for you to come back to him in the sacrament of reconciliation. There's no sin that is too big or too great for God's mercy. So do not allow the enemy to speak his lies to you that you are condemned to hell. Do not listen to the voice of the accuser, Satan, who is trying to discourage you from becoming the saint that God is inviting you, that God desires for you to be in your walk toward eternity. Uh, yeah, the morning after pill is not good, but not going to confessions is, is, is even worse. So just go to confession and receive God's tenderness, receive God's forgiveness, receive God's divine mercy. As I was praying for you, so I spent time in my adoration chapel for you, Anonymous, um, I, I just kept getting this image of the cross, the cross, Jesus Christ on the cross. And and the words, this is my body given up for you. Jesus saying, I died for you. I gave up my body for you. Um, and so I think even whenever you go to confession um, for the morning after pill, there's a few other sins I perceive that might be helpful for you to, to discern if you should confess. Uh, one of them, uh, obviously, being given to this fear, this lack of trust that God would provide for you, um, this fear that if you gave up your body for the baby to, to, to be here, that, 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 that somehow God would not take care of you, God would not provide for you, God would not be a good father to you and that child um, if you were to become pregnant. Um, so there's like there's other things that like are underneath the the sex outside of marriage and the the uh, morning after pill that I think the Lord is inviting you to also to examine uh, that might have been that if you can invite him into those places and spaces, then in the future, if you're tempted to this this sin again, you are least likely to commit it because you've invited him into those places and spaces that might precede those decisions, like giving into those fears of self-sufficiency. Like, I got to do this on my own. Like, God's not going to be there. That's a, that's a big sin that I think we don't often confess, self-sufficiency, um, where we think we have to do it all on our own. But we don't. God is with us always. He's with us always until the close of the age. It's what the Word of God tells us. So the Lord is with you at all times. And he wants you to turn to him and to look to him on the cross so that you could see that he's a God who's w willing and ready to suffer with you, um, to pray with you, to forgive you, um, and to show you how even though life might be difficult, uh, there's always hope on the other end. The, the resurrection will always follow the cross. As you look at the cross, um, I want to encourage you to listen to Jesus speak these words to you. So let's go ahead and pray right now and listen to Jesus Christ speak these words to you um, if you've ever taken the morning after pill. Listen to Jesus speak to you now as he invites you to receive his love and mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation. It is true. I stand at the door of your heart day and night. Even when you're not listening, even when you doubt it could be me, I am there waiting for even the smallest sign of your response, even the smallest suggestion of an invitation 
that will permit me to enter. I want you to know that each time you invite me, I do come always without fail. Silent and unseen, I come yet with power and a love most infinite, bringing the many gifts of my spirit. I come with mercy, with my desire to forgive, with my desire to heal you, with the love for you that goes beyond your comprehension. A love in each detail so grand, like the love I have received from my Father. I have loved all of you as the Father has loved me. I come longing to console you and to give you my strength, to lift you up and to bind your wounds. I bring you my light to dispel your darkness and all your doubts. I come with my power that allows me to carry you with my grace to touch your heart and transform your life. I come with my peace to calm your soul. I know you like the palm of my hand. I know everything about you. Even the hairs of your head I have counted. Nothing in your life is unimportant to me. I have followed you through the years and I've always loved you even whenever you've strayed. I know every one of your problems. I know every one of your needs and worries. And yes, I even know all of your sins. But I tell you again and again, I love you. Not for what you have or have not done. I love you for you, for the beauty and the dignity my father gave you by creating you in his own image. It is a dignity you have often forgotten, a beauty you have tarnished by sin. But I love you as you are and I've shed my blood to rescue you. If only you would ask me, With faith, my grace will touch all that needs changing in your life. I will give you the strength to free yourself from sin and all its destructive power. I know it's in your heart. I know your loneliness. I know your wounds, the rejections, the judgments, the humiliations. I carried it all before you, and I carried it all for you. So you could share my strength and my victory. I know above all your need for love, how much you are thirsting for love and tenderness, yet how many times you desire to satisfy your thirst in vain, seeking that love selfishly, trying to fulfill the void within you with passing pleasures, with the even greater emptiness of sin. Do you thirst for love? If you thirst for love, I want to invite you to come to me and I will satisfy you and I will fill you with my love and my mercy and the sacrament of reconciliation. Come to me now. Abide with me on earth so that we can remain with each other forever in the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All right, y'all. That's it for today's show. Until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. (laughs) 